Hi, listeners. This is Jamie. In addition to hosting this podcast with them, I also do all of the editing of the audio. And I realized that at the end of the episode, we forgot to mention what we do in every episode, that if you are a UO student and you are looking for some food security resources, that as always, the links and tags to social media are all in our episode description. All right. Thank you. Take care. I hope that you are getting the food that you need and enjoy the episode. Hotline Podcast. I'm Em. And I'm Jamie. And we're here to talk about all your food questions. So I wanted to start off with something a little a little different, a little fun, a way to freshen things up. Um, and it's just a question, a query for you, Em. What was something cool that you cooked in the past couple of weeks? In a couple of weeks. Well, I think the most interesting thing has been I made some red wine mushrooms. So I have this atrociously disgusting red wine. And it's said that you should only cook with red wine you enjoy drinking. But I didn't want to, like, dump it out, so I cooked with it instead. And it was pretty good. I would say that it was just a little too much mushroom. But I think just the overall um, flavors and whatnot that the red wine gives off for the mushrooms was really good. So... Uh, for you listeners, definitely recommend red wine cooking, or at the very least, any kind of wine cooking. And don't drink too much while you're cooking. And you know, if you're under 21, like me at this point in time, don't we don't recommend you drink because it's illegal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so what did you make, Jamie? What did I make? Mm-hmm. Um... I did pasta sauce round two. I made it about a month ago, but then I made it again, like, last week. I made a lot because we were bringing it down to the coast with my roommates, and it was a fun time. It's a good time. I followed the recipe from um, Binging with Babish. Ooh. Wait, which one was it? Uh, just, it's from the sauce episode. I think it's, like, the first episode of, like, Basics with Babish. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's just a simple red sauce. Just canned tomatoes, your good old aromatics, tomato paste, a little fish sauce. That's my my addition to it. I Um, love that fish sauce. Yeah. Just let that cook down. Yeah. So, dear listeners, if you have anything you want us to try cooking, you can also leave that with us in the comments or through our email, which we'll give out at the end. Yeah. So, what's our main segment today, Jamie? Our main segment is the hotline, like every other episode. (laughs) Gosh dang it, just give me this. Give me this. Yeah, yeah, okay. Our main segment is a question. We only have one question this week from Erica. Erica asks, why are my cookies failing? What's the golden rule to ingredients? Baking and obtaining the perfect texture. I read that in a totally natural way. (laughs) Um, I think we can break this down, like part by part and I think the first thing to start off with is ingredients and we need to preface this with not all cookies are the same so this is just a super general guideline for you to follow um just like rules of thumb to go by when it comes to like textures of cookies it really depends on the person and what their preferences are and honestly genuinely speaking the kind of cookie that you are making a peanut butter cookie is different from a chocolate chip cookie. A sugar cookie 
is very similar to a snickerdoodle. <laughs> but, so, but overall, if you follow these general rules, your cookies are going to turn out better overall. Um, hopefully, t- hopefully. Yeah. When I'm talking about these principles, I'm thinking in the context of chocolate chip cookies, but that can easily be applied to many other different kinds of cookies. Yeah. There are lots of different variables. This is just our disclaimer that we are not responsible for if your cookies don't come out well. That's all. Yeah. We, hopeful- we hope that they come out better. That's all. But we cannot guarantee total success. But anyway, we've got that out of the way. Yeah. So the first thing we need to talk about are ingredients. General rule of thumb, the simpler your cookies are, the better your ingredients need to be. Well, the better, the more we recommend you need to use higher quality ingredients. Um, Yeah, that kind of may look like maybe a couple dollars more for some nicer butter or something like that. But just generally speaking, um, you can taste the difference. Yeah. You can taste the difference. And it's worth it if you're trying to make some good quality cookies yeah it can even be something as like taking some more time to do something special to ingredients to like add some more flavor to it you could infuse your your you can toast your sugar like just in the pan just toast it that's some advanced level stuff jamie that's advanced (laughs) okay you don't have to (laughs) take a few extra minutes get the zest off of a lemon add it to your sugar cookies you can Little flair L- will little make a flare. Little, go a long way, and yeah. one of those ways is through higher quality ingredients. Yeah. So what's next, Em? So we're gonna talk about your ingredient proportionings. So as uh, Jamie mentioned a couple of weeks ago, we highly recommend having a scale in your kitchen, a kitchen scale, so that you can weigh your ingredients, um, and you can split up your dough later if you need to. So in having a scale, your ratios will be pretty consistent all the way around. And so if you need to make lots of batches of cookies, you can do that and they will have little difference between them. Um, Or if you're like me and don't actually own a kitchen scale, the next best thing is to make sure that you're using the same kitchen utensils and measuring so that each time your cookies will come out as similar as they can. Won't be as similar as if you're using a scale, but hey, cheap life. Yeah. What can I say? (laughs) I still, like, the biggest reason why I do recommend that you use a kitchen scale is, yes, the consistency is important, but dividing up the portions of the cookie dough is a lot easier with a kitchen scale because you're not eyeballing it. And how that works is you take your bowl, you weigh it, you record the weight because that bowl is going to be used to hold all of your ingredients and mix all these things up before you weigh it again. So then after you make your dough in that bowl... Weigh it again, subtract the weight of the bowl, and then you have the weight of the dough that's in your bowl. You can take that number and divide it by the number of cookies you are planning to make. Generally, this is somewhere between 12 to 24 cookies, depending on your recipe. And then once you do that, you can just make sure that every dough ball you make is that weight. And then you get consistent cookies or if you're like me you can just use a scoop and that's the same size i don't know just just a thought so you can be as very precise and measured like jamie or you can live the cheap really easy life like i do with the same utensils and a scoop all i'm saying is if you have ten dollars to spare you can get a good kitchen scale i really do need to get a kitchen scale it's just gonna up your game so much i need that Okay. So you heard it here, folks. 
you heard it here first, folks. I want to get a kitchen scale by the next, hopefully by the next time we record. <laughs> at the very least, by like next term. Yeah, like. at the very least by next term. <laughs> yeah. Moving okay. on. What's butter. next? Butter, my dude. <laughs> it's all about the butter. Sorry, the... vegans. <laughs> okay. Any source of fat, like generally speaking, <laughs> for like for vegans, you can use you can use vegetable shortening. It works out just fine. Across the board, your cookies are going to be like a little cakier. But that is an option for you. But I want to talk about butter. Yes. Butter, butter, butter. Butter. Okay. (laughs) When it comes to butter in your cookies, melted butter is going to result in a chewier cookie. Um, If you're looking for that ideal crunchy outside, gooey, chewy inside, you're going to want to go with melted butter. If you use softened butter, you're going to get a cakier texture for your cookie. So depending on what you prefer, melted butter or softened butter may be the way to go for you. I'm more of a melted butter person myself because you can do some really cool things with melted butter. You can like infuse flavors with it to get like um, just like some herby savory undertones to your cookies if you want to get get that little bougie. Bougie. (laughs) That bougie factor. What I personally like to do is I like to make brown butter cookies. Um, and how that works is you just take your butter, keep a couple of tablespoons on the side, put the rest in a saucepan, in a skillet, heat that up, melt your butter, let all of the moisture evaporate. And what you're going to do is you're going to be left with a pool of like oily goodness and some bits at the bottom of your butter. And those are milk solids that come from the cows. Oh God, Katie! And what you're gonna do with that is, over time, those 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 milk solids are essentially getting toasted in the pan, and you want them to get a nice golden brown, but you don't want to get you don't want them to get burnt. If they get burnt, you're in big trouble because then all of your butter's ruined. Um, so as soon as you start smelling toasty, nutty flavors in the air, get that butter out. Toss that, like, remaining butter that you Carefully didn't have. pour. Carefully stick the butter into the bowl. <laughs> let it melt. Cool down the brown butter. And then you're going to have a wonderful, flavorful addition to add to your cookies. It just makes it nuttier, toastier, more flavorful. It just tastes homely. And I enjoy it very much. Jamie is quite the connoisseur, as you all can probably tell. <laughs> but we love that. Are you going to talk about softened butter um, or, and your cakey ugh. cookie? Well, I wasn't sure if... Okay, okay, I can talk about... Okay, softened butter, on the other hand, I recommend if you have not left your butter out on the counter and planned beforehand to make your cookies, you can cut the butter up into cubes and then stick them in the microwave for like 10-ish, so 10, 15, 20 seconds. And that way they'll soften because having the extra surface area will make it soften faster, more consistently, without it becoming, without it melting from the outside. Um, Because usually if you want to melt butter, you just stick the whole thing. But that sometimes if you're just wanting to soften it, it doesn't, it will soften the middle, but it will melt outside. So just fix that problem. Just cut it up um, a little bit, stick that in the oven, take it out. I prefer it because usually when my experience of using completely melted butter, my cookies are a lot flatter and I personally don't like a flat cookie. So having it more softened 
almost to the point of being melted is great because I still have that chewiness without it being lack lacking a structural integrity. Well, we yes. have waste. Oh. I you saw my cookies. <laughs> that was made from brown butter, dude. You know they turned out. I'm just delicious. saying because you they use, were not you flat don't cookies. you don't melt all your butter. Yeah, but you know what happens to that leftover butter? It gets melted in the brown butter, so it's anyway, all melted butter. Anyway, basically, the point is... We need to start a section where Emma and I just hash it out because we fight too much and we have We don't to... fight, we bicker. <laughs> we bicker, okay? Lower tier arguing. <laughs> um, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Yes. that would just prove a point. <laughs> okay, so... Anyway, that's that's the deal with the difference between softened and melted butter. You can be team soft or team melted. It's let us know. Um, but, you know, none of that will really matter. All your ingredient weighing, all your decision making between melted butter or softened butter. If you if, suck at making cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that can be by you potentially overmixing your cookies. So overmixing your cookies will lead to having your cookies after they're baked, being too tough. Um, so the key is to watch out for when you've just mixed it. Um, you've mixed it just enough. Blah, blah, English, backwards speaking. Um, so you can tell if you've mixed it just enough if you can see that there's no more flour on the sides or the bottom of the bowl. It's really easy to miss the bottom of the bowl. So lift that bad boy up, just check. It's fine, put it down. Um, Wait, and that's only if your bowl is made of glass, though. Fuck. <laughs> I make, I only make, I only make cookies yes. in a glass Listener, we want you to pick up a stainless steel metal bowl. Look at your face. Make sure that there is no flour on your face before you make your dough balls. In essence, I use a glass bowl because... That's one of the ways that I make sure I'm not over or under mixing. And I recommend it too. Get yourself a big old glass bowl. Um, remember we talked about Pyrex bowls a few weeks ago? Yeah, they sell those in those big, big size as well. So you can get one of those and double duty it. Anyway, if even if you're not using a glass bowl, you know, stir up your uh, mixture and you can typically find pockets of flour or the other dry ingredients if you haven't mixed it properly. Um, and if there's no inconsistencies in the dough, so there's no clumps or anything, or maybe like the residue from your eggs, or maybe just like separation from your butter, as long as it's fully incorporated and it looks smooth all around, you're good to go. And if you're worried... Just use your hands. What? <laughs> just, just if you're worried... Grab a spatula, mix it around a little, fold it, fold it, and don't be too harsh on it. Don't purposely mix if you're worried about overmixing. And that's all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, worst comes to worst, just use your hands. That's all I... <laughs> yeah, just just wash your hands beforehand, please. Oh, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and the, so as our final tip... Yeah, the most important thing you can do to ensure the best texture... For your cookies, be them cakey or chewy or crispy with soft middles, soft centers. <laughs> anyway. Is to refrigerate your cookie dough before baking it. Um, because melted butter in cookies is good. 
melted butter that has come out of the cookie dough because your dough was too warm is bad because that causes your cookies to spread and get thin and crunchy. And if you like crunchy cookies, then don't bake cookies. Please. Buy, just buy Chips Ahoy. <laughs> buy your crunchy cookies and go sit in a corner and think about why you like these and why you would want to go out of your way to make them. Yeah, we're not talking about, like, the extra crisp on the outside. No, we're talking about crunch when you bite into it. There is no bend to the cookie. You're expecting a chewy, delicious cookie, and what you get is a (laughs) teeth-shattering crunch. Yeah. We don't want those discs around here, okay? We want cookies, okay? So, please refrigerate. All right. So, what we've got next is a little bit more in tune for the holiday season, um, and because it's a COVID time, we're offering some ideas about how to have alternative group hangouts. Yeah. The first thing, like, the most important thing is go on the CDC website, check their <laughs> guidelines for gatherings for the holidays, see what they recommend. Um, we'll keep a link in the description. But if you're like us and you just want to minimize contact with people as much as possible, we've got a few tips for you. So I'm going to be spending Thanksgiving all by my lonesome this year. Um, Just as a safety thing, I want to make sure that I'm not going back home to my family unless I'm in it for an extended period of time, just to minimize any kind of like exposure and whatnot. Uh, And my roommates are all leaving for the term. So that's just going to be a fun time of me on Thursday eating a meal all by myself. Except I'm not going to do that. One of these options that you can have is if you have friends who are also in the same area as you, you can each cook up a large portion of a dish. And then you can do a little food exchange. Um, That could easily just be going over to that person's house with some Tupperware and just swapping your food and going back home to enjoy that food. Um, Masks on, social distancing as much as you can. You can also Um, sanitize the the dish too if they're using like the reusable Tupperware if you're really afraid of catching germs. So that's also an option as well. And if you really, really are like trying to be extra cautious, just wearing a mask while you cook um, and being very not strict very um hygienic yeah just being on top of things about yeah hygiene (sighs) english we love it (laughs) being on top of your hygiene yes 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 we love that um or you know if even just making food is hard or you just want some more company because you're used to a bustling environment um you can cook together over video call take your laptop into the kitchen And, you know, you can place it so it's facing your food, or if you have, like, a detachable webcam, you can, you know, move it somewhere, um, and just cook together, hang out, you know, you can have that call going for however long. Maybe if you don't even want to do a video call, just be on the phone with each other. I know people are afraid of being on the phone, but... It's a viable option if, you know, having that laptop with the video camera, or being on your phone for a video call is too difficult to maintain. It's just the phone. You, you can do it. Just call the number. Yeah. 
And like a fun activity that you can do is to have a mini virtual cook-off with your friends. Maybe you both have the same rest or maybe you both have like different recipes for a specific dish. You could each just cook it for each other and just be in a Zoom call or just be on the phone call with each other and talk about what you're doing and how your things are different and just being with people while being away from people while making food. Yeah, bonding and sharing the spirit of the holidays, whether or not you formally celebrate them or not, it's still a time where people are trying to get together, reunite, and spread some cheer. And what better way to do that than with some tasty, tasty food? Yes. Well, as much as we love all those warm and fuzzies, we've got one more... We've got a couple more segments, but as Jamie's favorite, Hack of the Fortnite, baby! Oh my god. <sighs> Thankfully, this was my idea this time, the hack, so I feel quite quite pleased at having come up with this hack for this week. So, this is a takeout edition, and Jamie's doing a little dance over there. And I'm very pleased at this because Jamie and I both are pretty passionate about this, per the usual. But it's when you have your takeout containers empty because you've eaten all your food, the best hack for making sure that you can make the most of your garbage can is to cut up your containers, you know, if they're the boxes. The clamshells. The clamshells, yes. Cut the lids off and then you can stack them and you save space in your trash can. Or if you've got like bowls with lids or just any other containers with lids, stack the lids together and then stack the bowls together. And then you just put them in separately, not closed, but also not shoved in one another. So not shoving the lid into the bowl. Having those stacked separately will save you oh so much space. Or if you're like our parents, oh god, you wash (laughs) and keep everything. Because and those are only for the highly durable plastic ones. Mm-hmm, that's true. Because those are really, really useful. If you bake a lot of food for other people and you don't want to just send out your own Tupperware, just pull out your old reusable takeout containers, fill them up, bring them over to people, and you don't have to expect them to bring it back unless you're really, really fond of your containers. Which is weird. Sorry, that's like weird. I <laughs> I don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for dear listeners, save the highly durable ones. Wash them. It, it might be kind of gross because you might have ordered oily food or something like that's not, that'll leave a weird after smell in your sink. But it's so worth that small yeah. extra time of doing it and yeah. saving it. Generally speaking, those are like soup containers also, just just as a side note. Yeah. We love soup here. We're going to have an addition about soup one day. That's a happy side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. We're done with hacks. Cool. Well, we get to go to your favorite segment, or I'm assuming it's your favorite Hashtag not sponsored. Woo! I don't know what that was, but I'm so... This is my favorite segment. You're right. (laughs) Okay, come on. Okay, so this week, I have another product. I'm so excited because it is personally something that I have just tried, and I'm now hooked on, um, for better or for worse. So, many of you guys are probably avid tea drinkers. You know, Oregon, we've got a pretty vibrant tea culture. But I recently was at... Safeway and I was needing a caffeine pick-me-up 
um, and I've been drinking a lot of coffee, but these days I just, just wasn't feeling coffee as much. So I saw on the shelf, the tea shelf, a Tazo tea. It's called Energize. It's a green tea and it's got level five caffeine. And you know what that means, folks? It means it is the most caffeinated tea that you can buy off of the shelf for Tazo brand. Okay. So it's got citrus, guarana, ginseng, um, and guarana is like a fruit. It's not anything from the coffee plant, like a lot of other kind of caffeinated drinks. Um, it's a stimulant. Um, and the fruit, I looked it up in, in my research, it looks like a freaking human eyeball. It is so frightening. Like I saw it and I just, I just closed the tab. I, I had to take a few minutes away from that to call myself because it was so scary looking. Um, but yeah, so it looks like a human eyeball, pretty freaky, but it does work. It gives me the caffeine. It gives me that kick. And I really like the notes of just having that citrusy taste. Um, that was really good. And in my opinion, I think it tastes better after you steep it to just let it completely cool and then drink it. I think in that way it resembles more of um, a like a sparkling tea drink that's not carbonated. I don't know, just me. But also I don't sweeten my teas, so that's a thing too. Jamie, are you looking up the guarana? It looks freaky, right? It looks freaky. Right? It's frightening. Like, the more I look at it, the more scared I'm getting. <laughs> See, I looked at it and I had to close the tab. It is frightening. It's... I think I need to look at more pictures. <laughs> it's frightening. And it can be, like, the size of, like, a ball. It it's... looks like bug snacks. <laughs> it's just frightening. Frightening, oh. frightening. But it tastes great. This tea, Tazo Energize, green tea, level 5 caffeine. It is so great. So, 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 so great. And I think the best part is that I feel like I can steep the tea bag more than once because it's such a strong caffeinated tea. So I don't feel like I'm constantly losing flavor or that I'm having to use up a lot of tea bags. Therefore, my stash lasts longer. And the thing comes with, the, the box comes with 20 bags. Um, and I bought it and it was on sale. Because when do I buy things that aren't on sale? So... That is my product endorsement. Hashtag not sponsored. Tazo sponsor me. Um, <laughs> um, Energize green tea. Cries and I tried. I tried the whole caffeine thing again. No. It it didn't work. No, Jamie. It, hurt. it really hurt. Jamie's eyes look completely lifeless, <laughs> as they're saying. <laughs> And I feel so bad. To be fair, one of the nights I did only get two hours of sleep and I needed that caffeine to... Only two me. hours? You only slept two hours? You, you slept, though. I did sleep two hours. Oh. Oh, honey. honey and then honey, the honey, next honey. night I slept six hours. Honey, 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 honey. But... Mm. Just because... Okay. Just because <laughs> you might have gotten less sleep than me doesn't mean that... I'm just, I'm just thinking of the descent you may potentially be going down now that you've... You've gone into the two-hour level of sleep nights. The only reason that happened <laughs> is just because I I had work to do. There's always work. There's to do. always work to do. That was such a vague. <laughs> that was such a vague excuse. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Okay. But what about you, Jamie? What do you have for us today? I don't want to say this. Why not? I'm not excited to say this. Why not? Come on. Because you're always. You're always so on top of things. 
Aw, come on. What is it? The viewers want to know. Listeners want to know. (laughs) (laughs) My hashtag not sponsored for the week is small plates. (laughs) Keep going, Jamie. Keep going. (laughs) I like small plates. (laughs) I like small plates. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This can't be just us laughing the whole time. You need to keep talking. I'll get through. Just give me a second. Because they're really useful in the kitchen. Okay. First off, when you're... Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. When you're eating food and you're someone like me, sometimes you don't want your food to mix. But if you're also like me, you grew up eating food in a bowl. Because it's usually just rice. And then if you have your other dishes, you want to put it somewhere. You're not going to put it in another bowl or a big honking plate. What are you going to use? You're going to (laughs) use... This sounds like a joke segment, but it's not. You're gonna use a small plate. I'm laughing because Emma's just so detailed in her tea, and I'm just like, I like small plates. They just work. It, do- it literally doesn't matter what kind of small plate you're using. Small plates are just good. <laughs> Jamie brought up the hand gestures. <laughs> Like, like when you're cooking and you're using spatulas and stuff and you got soup going on, you gotta like stir the soup or you got pasta and you gotta stir your pasta and you're like, oh no, my spatula or my stirring implement is now like wet or saucy or soupy or something. You're not, you're not going to put it right on the stove, you know, you, but you don't want to get a big honking bowl for it. Cause why? There's no space for that. Nobody has time or space or energy for that. So what are you going to use? You're going to use a small plate, okay? Small plates are wonderful because they can hold your utensils. They can hold your food. They allow you to not mix your food up. They let you... They hold your bones. If you're eating something with bones and you don't want to just put bones in your bowls, they're easier to clean because they're small and they're compact and then you can just, you can stack more. And (laughs) I just really like small plates. And I really miss using them because I only have three of them in the apartment because I'm the only one who brought small plates because all of my other roommates just... They just use big plates and big bowls, and they don't understand that I need to use my small plates. You sound on the verge of a breakdown. Hi, it's week eight. My name is Jamie. I I just miss my small plates. Jesus. But also, I'll be by myself, so I can use my three small plates, and it'll be enough. Actually, it probably won't be. There's no such thing as not enough small plates. I use small plates and everything. I use it to hold my utensils. I use it in my baking. I hold, I, I put my butter on there. I put my eggs on there. I put spoons on there that I've used for mixing. Like, you don't realize how much peace small plates bring me. And, and so, will bring you. And will bring you. 
until you just have them everywhere. Because sometimes you don't need a big plate for anything. You don't need a big bowl for everything. You just need something that can hold your food. You need something to hold your utensils. And that's where small plates got you. They're the perfect placeholder in the kitchen. Yeah. Wow. And you that... said I was detailed. That was detailed. You can find small plates wherever plates are sold. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. We love... Um, we love it? secondhand stores. Yes. That's Corral. Something. If you want it, like... Corral. What was that brand that I... Corral? Corral. Well, that is not a secondhand... <laughs> well, no. If you're looking for some cheap stuff, Corral is typically on sale at Macy's. I found some cool quirky plates before at St. Vinny's. I don't recommend you go shopping, especially since we're going into a lockdown and that we will be in a lockdown when this podcast comes out. Online shopping. You Online love it. Shop- Small plates. Yeah. Sets of four, typically. Etsy. Support. Support small businesses. Small businesses. Small plates. Small plates. <laughs> Maybe we should call this up the tirade of small plates. Hello. Welcome to the inner workings <laughs> of my brain. What is in there? Small plates. <laughs> yes. But, wow. What a what a way to end yeah. the podcast this week. I just had another thought. I'm sorry. What? I like small plates, but I hate small plates. Like, oh my god. You know, like, like the, for meals, like small plates as a oh, meal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, for sure. But that's different. No. But small plates? Small plates. Small plates. It doesn't even sound like a real phrase anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Just small plates? Small plates. Listener, when you get small plates, you too will understand why I small plates, small plates so much. Small plates. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. <laughs> this is Food Fumble Hotline. I'm Jamie. We didn't AKA even do the plugs. AKA even... small plates. <laughs> I'm um, energized Tazo Green Tea. <laughs> if you have food questions, please email them to us at foodfumblehotline at gmail.com. You can also find a Google form on our Twitters. Um, I am at JDIEP2 on Twitter or at Deep Fried Fam on Instagram. And you can find me, M, um, and all that relevant info on my Twitter at Catch Up to Emily or my Instagram at Sick Fun May. Oh. Wow. What a what a way to end the episode. Way, yeah. Just stay cooking. Stay small safe. plates. Tell us what you think of small plates and what <laughs> texture cookies you prefer. And you can eat cookies on small plates. They look better on small plates as well. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we, you, okay, I gotta stop. Okay, I gotta okay, stop. okay, okay. Stay safe within COVID. Happy cooking, and we love you guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.